So, Ekambar, welcome to this podcast. This is uh, almost, I think, my third recording. Uh, and at this rate, I think I should actually be able to record most of our batch bets within the end of this year. Um, Good so, plan. <laughs> yeah, this is one way of uh, me connecting with everybody as well. And and um, we call this epistle the um, uh, unknown, unseen, unseen. 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 Uh, the reason is a lot of us um, see each other, um, but we may not know much about each other. So this is one way uh, of um, trying to kind of peel out certain layers from the past and also getting to know each other better. Yeah. Um, so it's been nearly 25 years since we took our third, third exam. And I thought that is probably a good way of, of segueing. It's not quite 25 years yet, but you know, yeah. December of uh, 95 that we took our yeah. uh, exam. Um, so I, I usually start with the same questions with everybody. Uh, can you tell us um, very briefly about your life before JNMC? Uh, where did you grow up? A little bit about your parents and how did you end up in JNMC? Yeah, so uh, obviously my parents are illiterate and farming background in, in a village. Uh, Fascinating. Yeah. yeah, it's Andhra Karnataka border, close to Montalya, the religious place, if you know. So that's where I grew up. But I think once I was four year old, is it? When did we start nursery? Four or five years old. Um, I'm away from my parents. I'm with my uh, elder sister of my mother. So Dodama, what we call, yeah. So uh-huh. I was there in Bangalore. So from nursery, I was with her. So I'm more attached to her than my parents because. All of our cousins, like seven of us from my grandfather, we all used to go to the village during summer and Christmas holidays. So that's those are the things. Otherwise, in Bangalore, mainly my I'm, I've been brought up in Bangalore, and it's only one school, so it's only Frank Anthony Public School. Uh, <laughs> that is near Alsur, is that right? Yeah, Alsur, yeah, in Cambridge Road, Alsur. It's still there. So uh-huh. yeah, so that's where I did all till my twelfth, everything in one school. So that is kind of fascinating that what you introduced yourself with, that your parents are farmers and not much educated, or you almost use the term almost illiterate. Is that right? Yeah, li- literally. And, I mean, my dad was third standard. Uh, see, he studied till third, I think. And then uh-huh. my mom, fifth standard, she dropped out. So Wow. And so My mom can read Telugu, but dad, I think, uh, can't even read uh, little bits. Maybe he'll be able to read the bus. Uh, uh-huh, where destinations and all that, but otherwise she won't, he won't be able to read anything complicated. So that's a that's a huge leap between your generation and your parents' generation. When it comes yeah. to only, I'm not talking about anything else, but except yeah, yeah. except in terms of academic achievements and where you have kind of ended up now as a consultant, ENT surgeon in yeah. in Ireland, and and you know that is. Um, I'm sure it took a village to grow you up, like you said, your aunt actually brought you up and. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and to care of your education, but still, uh, it speaks volumes about your own character of coming from where yeah, you came from it, to ended up, ended up where you are right now. Yeah, it's a lot. Lot of it was to do with my granddad, who was my mum's dad rather than my dad's dad. So, uh, so my mum's dad, I think he took the dad in. I don't know how they call it in Canada or anything. Like my dad stayed with my granddad and uh-huh. my mum's house. So. 
he yeah. stayed he was brought in like that so he was he was more like the father figure or, or the patriarch yeah. of the family yeah yeah and, so and, and he was he, the backbone of our family that time so uh-huh. and, and that's and, his his idea to send me to bangalore to study to study yeah. obviously you can see the you know gender bias during that time when <laughs> period my sister wasn't sent me and my brother were sent my brother failed in sixth standard i think he was in fabs as well but fifth or sixth standard he failed so then he was sent sent back to the village to study so, so you had to earn your right for yeah. further education and and After, you did yeah, that, in your true. family and so and so that is that is amazing um and i remember actually visiting you in your aunt's place in cv yeah. ramannagar is that right yes that's Ramanagar. right yeah so and we I were in, near alsur lake initially uh-huh. Till, i remember till that the, till i till i went to mbbs i think we were in alsur lake that's when they moved to cv ramanagar and many years ago i remember you fed me something which was green which was the spice, spiciest thing i've ever oh, eaten yeah i know with the uh, ragi mutte we had that that's uh, yeah the spinach with, with the ragi I, yeah. i i thought it was green i thought it was actually going to be some kind of a, <laughs> um you know sa- you know so, some kind of green leafy thing but i think it was all yeah. green chilies <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, even thing, yeah. even today chilies even less, yeah. even today i think if anybody asks me that is the most spicy food i have ever put my mouth or put into my mouth no that's, that's very less you should go to nellore side and on my in laws place oh god it's yeah. so spicy yeah. that's nothing uh, that bangalore spice is nothing ragu <laughs> no i don't want to try anything more because i think my spice level has come down quite a lot since i migrated uh so so then you came to jnmc and and we spent you know the better part of four and a half five years there together yeah, yeah. um we stayed in you also stayed in the hostel um yeah. most of the time till i think in the last year i remember you you moving out last so, probably couple of years yeah yeah so talk to us about your time in jnmc um you know who did you hang out with most of the time uh, what was the favorite joints that you had what is your favorite memories of that place um you know and and just talk to us about it yeah so the starting was really ch- challenging to say the least you know so we were in a common room when we came in sangam hostel uh-huh. where all the seniors were there so we didn't have a room i think <laughs> eight of eight of us were there put in a common room i remember so, that yes yeah so every senior after drunk friday night or whatever we used to be the, like called bakras you know so scapegoats yeah. people used to come to ragas Uh-huh. but i think those who ragged us the most have uh, become close friends so uh, that uh-huh. initial ragging was scary but yes. after that it wasn't anything uh, uh, to worry about sort of realize that so it started yeah. with the sangam hostel then i had initial roommates with uh, rahul jain was there um, who else was there i don't remember and then after that we moved to the new hostel if you remember uh-huh. um, the new hostel of sumit mahajan was my roommate and yeah. uh, mante shiramat so yeah. two contrasting figures were roommate so <laughs> i think yeah. from sumit i learned a lot of military discipline like he used to get up every day early mornings and like he used to like to go to temple so with him i used to go and it was like for me temple is i i'm i don't believe in god so i just like reflect reflect myself wherever anything peaceful you can sit down and reflect Uh-huh. What, what's good what's what uh, so was it the like this was the shiva mandir in the in the temple yeah yeah in zen belgaum i used to like that place it was nice uh-huh. peaceful place uh-huh. uh uh that 
Belgaum, I think initiation was that the common room. The and common room ragging. After that, after yeah. that, it's any memories will be all the friends. So many friends, like uh, we've made so many friends. I think what in Bel Belgaum being a private college with only 40 seats, maybe were government and rest was all uh, payment seats. Yeah. So that enriched our experience. I think the diversity we had in our college. I completely agree with that. Yes. I so, think they, so that they, en enriched our experience so much more. Yes. The, cult yeah. the cultural programs that we saw, the cultural, the very fact that, talent. the very fact that Belgaum actually represented the entire country. And we yeah, also absolutely. had exposure to the other, other, other countries as well. Like the Malaysians came and we had some from US and Canada and even Iran in our own class. I think it was a very enriching yeah, yeah, experience. Yeah, it is. It is so. uh, so, yeah. And then obviously Anuj Dingra was our financial savior many times because money wouldn't <laughs> come on time from my dad and all that. So Anuj was a savior, you know, that's it. He used to give uh, like great that. guy, so, great guy. Yeah, yeah, big heart. yeah, big so, heart. So, yeah. Those so many friends. I mean, I cannot say that I'll hang out with certain people. I, I think I used to get along with everyone. With everyone. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think I've done odd things always. <laughs> and I had the cheetah to annoy everyone, trouble or pull their legs, you know, so, and then I, I have got scoldings for that as well. But uh, so I remember all those. Yeah, so, I think I remember you actually with another group enjoying sports a lot. You guys used yeah, to play yeah. hockey and cricket quite often. Yeah. So uh, hockey was only for intermedics, I think. So we, otherwise nothing play. much. But it was yeah, mainly cricket. cricket. Yeah, you would cricket, play a lot of tennis ball. Yeah, it was tennis ball cricket. So we, yeah, we used to play a lot of cricket. Yeah, I a used to literally cricket. drag people out from there. Bedtime, isn't it? 3.30 or something. I was not, I was not physical at all. So you never yeah, bothered. Yeah. Me, so, <laughs> no, you were not that time. So uh, you changed now, but yeah, you were not physical that time. So there was a, yeah. a big group of us. Yeah. We used to play. And then after that, even in that uh, way, we lived in Shiv Basavnagar. There was an uh -huh. empty place uh, in that area. Is it Shiv Basavnagar uh, where we lived? I, I don't remember the names. No, my memory is bad. Yeah, so, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It is north we, of the college. And yeah. 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 So beyond, beyond had, the highway. So there were two houses, if you remember. So Brijesh, Naktan and Jagdish Satredi were there in one house. And uh, me, uh, Sanjeev, Anil, Shavi, uh, Shivanand Dalwai, yeah. uh, Palu. We, six of us uh, were there in that house uh, with Bridge uh, and uh, this was this was in third third first I, I think, think you we went must have down. left in third phase something not not that far but maybe after two years in hostel we must have you must have outside. yeah it's just because of the prices so yeah uh, and, and then college things down. what I remember obviously is all these odd odd things I did so they bet me to eat uh, one kg of darwad peda in ten minutes or something <laughs> and I <laughs> counted they were. There were 46, no, I could eat till 31 pieces I ate and I couldn't after that. And I missed day, that. When was that? That was I must in, uh, when, when, probably in third year when I was outside. So that, did you uh, have to pay house. for the pedas because you didn't finish it? No, no idea. I don't remember that, but I had bad you diarrhea have, after that. You would so, have. <laughs> yeah, bad, bad diarrhea after that. So, yeah. So, and sitting in the classroom, watching people walk in. You, yeah. you, you might remember that as well, isn't it? Some people used to walk along the wall. I yes. used to call her Waller Taxi. I don't want to name her, but <laughs> Waller Taxi. <laughs> yeah. So there's lots of uh, lots of memories. Like my kidas were too much. I'm telling you, I used to tease a lot of people. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now I remember yeah. that. I remember you were always on that kind of edge. Um, so, so you know, yeah, favorite places you were telling, isn't it? Yeah. Where uh, would you eat? What was the? Yeah. So eating, I think I'll always remember this. Just going outside the uh, in those whatever dab, you not dabas, you call them just uh, sheds, whatever. Yeah. We used to eat the pohe and the chai. Uh, right. Yeah. Balu's just outside. That was that was really nice. Those those yeah. those pohe was really something else. Yeah. And they and make this badang. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, badang as well. Yeah. Badang and chai. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and then, then the vada pav outside Hanuman. Oh yeah, Balu's vada pav. That is, is that Balu's. Uh, that is mouth watering. Even now, if I just think about it, my mouth waters. I think it's the sour sauce he used to make. And yeah. he used to run out very quickly. So he had limited numbers. I think we used to line up and then he used to run out very quickly. <laughs> uh, and you know, Grants, there's one place called Grants. Uh, that Shira, the breakfast they used to make over there. So Shira is my favorite. Right. Uh, to eat, yeah. you know, so. Shira was somewhere so between Bogarves, on the way towards Bogarves, you know, Grants. I remember, I remember very vaguely Grants and Shira uh, is, the, is the one that the Swedish dish. Yeah, yeah. Which you yeah, have it like, like uh, Kesri Bath, we call in Bangalore. Kesri, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So that was your favorite. That's that's my favorite. So you have a sweet tooth then. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Even now, I think I cannot. <laughs> so yeah, sweet tooth. Yeah. <laughs> so certain types. Yeah, I cannot um, stay away from sweet. Uh, so that's good to know. That's good to yeah. know. <laughs> and um, uh, Gorchin Malki is my favorite place. You know, I don't know if you've ever been <sighs> there. It's uh, it's. It's near Gokak, but it's not exactly Gokak Falls. There's a different type of falls. So you'll remember Niagara Falls if you see that. It's like you can get so close to the falls. So I, I don't remember. I remember Gokak Falls. I remember yeah, going yeah. to Dudsagar Falls. Yeah. So uh, this all is of us are gone. Malki, the Gurchin Malki, I remember hearing it so much. I don't actually and visualize. Even in 2016, when we went there, we went, me and Balu and family went to visit that place and Gokak Falls as well. That so, is so. That is so yeah, cool. Is. We used to. Yeah. I, you, if you remember, I had a cycle, red color racing cycle. Right. Uh, uh, so oh. odd man out always isn't it? So I used to cycle to college, and then me and Sridhar used to cycle long distances. So forty five forty five kilometers it was. I think yeah, Sridhar, Padigati, We cycled to Gurchin Malki as well once. Yeah. Forty five kilometers it was uh, up and down ninety. That is Thank so cool. I, I, I can't wait to speak to Sridhar Padgati and <laughs> Balachandra Tegyeli on this yeah. kind of podcast. Uh, I don't think I have their contact numbers, but I'm going to get back. No, no, I, I have all of them. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're there. So after you left JNMC, um, briefly take us through what, what you went through. Um, you left JNMC be, be yeah, after, in 95 after JNMC, or 96. Yeah. Yeah, so I think a few months we were there uh, till uh, for the entrance exams preparations. And I think uh, then I went to the Kolar Medical College for six months as an anatomy tutor. Yeah. So because uh, who is our anatomy teacher who had left and he was the HOD over there. Shirol? Not Dr. Shirol. Not Shirol. No, not Dr. Shirol. Not sure. Sanikop. Sanikop, yeah. Sanikop, sir, was there. So I went and joined there for six months and prepared for the entrance exams. I Uh, remember visiting you in that Devrajaras College at that time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, That that was a good experience. Few few new friends, although it was short-term friends, but it was mainly studying, studying, studying. So Uh entrance exams, isn't it? So, and then PGA got into PGA for... So I wanted to come to that, you know, that is like getting into the most exclusive 
postgraduate training schools anywhere in the in the in the um, you know I, I would say it is one of the most hardest to get into in the world. Um, so so you kind of getting into PGI, you probably were the only one in our batch who got in and then completed it. Uh, Gita got got in. Before got in as well. That's right. Yeah, Gita. Gita that's right. Yeah. Gita, Gita did a surgery there, and you got in into ENT. Yeah. So um, when I went the first time, obviously, whatever I don't remember the rank numbers and all that. So I was on the waiting list. I would have got something else if I wanted. But yeah, I was uh, thinking of. I didn't like surgical branches initially. I wanted medicine or something like that. I, I don't even remember exactly. So I was in medicine or something. And then, yeah. uh, and then AIMS, I got a letter after that as well, but then we cannot, we couldn't get to the AIMS and within two days and I couldn't afford to pay for flights. And so I didn't take that first six months or so the next second six months. Yeah. Once the rank, according to the rank, I had to choose what subject I'm going to get, isn't it? So That's I didn't have a choice. So I was thinking dermatology, dermatology, and something, I don't know what happened there. I just took ENT. So I had a few other options. So sometimes I think it just, uh, I don't know, uh, destiny takes us to it or God knows. So That's fascinating. You know, I mean, to me, I always respect people who came out of PGI and always see that some of them are my colleagues here and the level of their expertise and the way they kind of tackle is completely different. So, you know, very proud to know you, uh, you know, and very proud of you. To have gotten it. I, mean, I don't. I don't think so. It's an. It is. It is. Proud of, well, you know. It, it, if it, you it, think it's, uh, it's uh, just the knack of dealing with MCQs. That's all. I was never. Whatever it I is. just passed right. through, scraped through in MBBS. You know. It, 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 I never read for marks. I just read for what I had to. But the way you tackled MBBS was also very different. I mean, the way you would tackle is, I remember you only reading. Um, only reading Grey's Anatomy and never touching um, Chaurasia yeah, uh, yeah. and, and only re- reading Guyton and, and Ganong's and Ganong, not anything yeah. else. Yeah. Um, so you had a different kind of approach to studies, whereas most of us were going for the exams. <laughs> so, um, well, uh, and that seems to have worked very well for you in, in when it comes to PGI. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's not just the MCQ, but you also had the kind of depth of the knowledge. Um, so after PGI, what happened next? So, yeah, it was in PGI itself. And then I did senior residency as well. So totally six years in Chandigarh, PGI. So it's a tertiary institute. And I think the patients were our greatest teachers, you know, so, and then uh-huh. the, the consultants, uh, some of them, obviously the mentors, what they were, what they taught us was, uh, was brilliant. And the senior residency, uh, the senior residents used to do long evening rounds, which was more teaching, te- literally teaching rounds. Yeah. So although it was yeah. hard work, when I joined ENT, I took a lot of books and went. I thought I have plenty of time to read and all that. Then I realized I was wrong. You didn't have any time. Yeah, it was nearly 100 hours a week or longer, you know. So only yeah. half a day a week, we used to get time off, either Saturday half day or Sunday half day, and just used to sleep. So it took me nine months before I could venture out of PGA campus. And get out and see the beautiful yeah. Chandigarh. Yeah. yeah. So, and then uh, after after that, you yeah. you came to Bangalore. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so mainly, I wanted to. Uh, I never thought of going leaving the India and go to UK. But I think last, uh, it's all related to my dad's loans and the interest he used to pay for all that. So uh-huh. financially, it was such a burden that 
whatever I was earning, I, you know that stipend was much more in a PGI uh, in North India compared to South India. Uh-huh. So even that money, I didn't have anything. You know, I had to. I was sending it away to whatever to, dad was to asking. pay the loans. Yeah. Yeah. Then I realized what is going on, and then that's when I think I decided to go to UK. So yeah. So then I spent uh, six months in uh, one year in St John's, six months general plastic surgery and six months um, general surgery. Yeah. Uh, which was for mainly to enable me to take the MRCS exam. Uh-huh. So that I'll have other departments experience. So others used to get signatures as if they worked in other departments and did it. But I didn't, I think I couldn't have, I didn't have that guts to do Ask anything them. like that. If I get caught out or whatever, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm a, a scary guy. I'm, I'm scared of things or I don't know. So that's why I did that six month, six month job. It was really hard work. Uh-huh. And it was an eye opener. The plastic surgery department was so good in St. John. The people were brilliant. The PJ attitude compared to the, there in St. John's was so good, no hierarchy. They interacted so well with us. There was like good team, uh, even outside the department. It's, a, it's actually support. a hidden gem. People don't talk enough of St. John's yeah. Hospital and Medical School yeah. in Bangalore. Yeah. Um, so it, it was a brilliant experience. That six months yeah. in plastic surgery, I enjoyed more. Uh, general surgery, probably I didn't enjoy because some of them didn't like because I was the ENT guy. And, and, then, got, and then you moved to the UK. Um, yeah. You did a lot of little jobs. You, you, I, mean, I wouldn't say little in the sense of things, but you did a lot of locum jobs. Is that right? You did a. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, UK, when I moved, obviously, it's all the friends who help us out, isn't it? So, I was in Hull as a clinical observer. And then the first job, it took me, I don't know how many applications, you know, probably you had <laughs> similar. Probably I would have applied 500 applications before I got the first job. It was uh-huh. August 2005. Uh, so, I joined Warrington. So it was a senior post officer jobs. After that, I just took clinical fellow job or a locum appointment service. It's not right. locum agency jobs. It's the trust locums. Yeah, it's a trust locums. Yeah. Yeah. So my aim was uh, to just get the exams and get some experience and go back to India. That was uh-huh. my aim initially. So that that's how I, uh, people used to entice me to get, take staff grade jobs. But uh, I knew that, you know, you're not getting to operate much and then you'll get stagnated and, Right. Some junior will become a consultant and come and boss over you. Yeah. So that's why I didn't want to take that job at all. So I refused every time. Uh, even if it was better pay, I just stuck to clinical fellow jobs and things like that. So. And so and so eventually you kind of ended up in Northern Ireland near Belfast as a as a consultant where you stay, yeah. where you live right now. Is yes, that right? that's right. So, and, and do you do all types of ENT surgeries or do you guys sub-specialize? Do you do anything... More yeah, it's basically general ENT and then I do otology as the main main thing. Uh, okay. and in a district general hospital, it's limited how much we can do, isn't it? So uh-huh. whatever is there, yeah, I, I do the otology bits, yeah. So you're mainly the otology person there. Otology, in, in, but general, I mean, I, general I, do skin, I do skin cancers, facial flaps, I do thinoplasties. I do a little bit of plastic surgery. Yeah, little, yeah other, other stuff as well, but majority will be otology. So once that load takes over, you get less time to do other things. Okay. Okay. And, and you are enjoying your time in Northern Ireland. It looks like I saw some pictures of you playing cricket yeah. with your, with your children uh, and playing cricket and everything. Is that, how yeah, is that no, going on? I think Northern Ireland, why I decided to just settle down here rather than moving back to England was Irish people are so nice. And then uh-huh. colleagues, colleagues were brilliant. 
uh-huh. such colleagues I I think I've never I've never come across so friendly colleagues, and I think that drew me completely. That was the most important I think, isn't it? If you're going to work for your for your life in that department, you want really good team. Yeah. So that was the biggest factor, and the other bits were good schools and then greenery surrounding. Uh, yeah. After that, I joined cricket club in two years time. And uh-huh. here, if you just drive half an hour, you'll get into a nice wild forest. Yeah. And maybe an hour, you'll be on a beach. So yeah. it's it's just brilliant. And then there's a hilly areas. If you want to trek up, walk up, you know, Simone Mountains, Sleeve Granada, all these, they're beautiful places. So in that way, I think summertime, if the weather is good, that's the thing, isn't it? Irish and UK weather, you know Raghu very well. So if even if it's summertime, if it keeps raining, then you can't go out much, do much. But when the weather is good, you know, so... That's what initially when, when I came in, people were still, oh, you're from India, so sunny, so sunny. I thought, why are they crazy about sun? <laughs> now I realized the, you know, the yeah, importance no. of sun and sunlight, isn't it? So, sun in the United Kingdom, uh, it completely yeah. transforms the whole place. Yeah, um, there is absolutely no, no doubt about it. Um, tell me about your children. Yeah, so kids now, they are teenagers. Okay, Likit and uh, Neil. So Likit is 16. And uh, his GCSEs grades will be given without without marks. So without exam. Is the lucky exam. batch. Yeah. Is the lucky so coronavirus lucky. batch. Yeah. So <laughs> no tension. Relaxed completely. And uh-huh. uh, Neil is uh, two and a half years younger to him. He'll be 14 in two days time, 4th of August. Uh-huh. So yeah, he is more a sporty type, you know. So although he's giving up one by one now. So he used to play tennis, badminton. He's given those up. He just told... I'm not enjoying anymore. That's it. He stopped, you know, so, so you can't force the kids anymore now. So he's just into cricket now and hockey he plays in some uh, winter time. Uh, yeah, they're, they're smarter than me, both the boys. So that's, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah. So, um, so, so Likit and Neil, and then your wife is Kala, so, yeah. of course. Kala, you, you, you met Kala as well. So obviously she's done a lot of sacrifices, I think, because for the family and moving over and living in UK. They're, they so, are the real unsung heroes of, yeah, of all the things. It's, well, not, just, well, well, it's, it's yeah. not just our, yeah. our wives, but also the, our batchmates who are women. Yeah, yeah. Who actually so sacrificed. Think, uh, 12 or 13 years, she didn't do anything. And after that, she started giving dial tears. And she's uh, over the last uh, three or four years, she's now, gone back. And now she's back into practicing remember, yeah, medicine. At our age, she's doing a junior doctor job, which is tough time. So very right. brave. Yeah, I don't think so. I will be able to do that at this, you know, at this age, the shift systems and uh, those junior jobs, you know. So. That is, uh, yeah, I know it is hard. It is challenging. But, you mm-hmm. know, it's a kudos to her that she's actually doing all these, um, all these things. Yeah. Yeah. So when you look at yourself over the next five, ten years, do you have any plans laid out for yourself professionally or personally? Any kind of goals, personal goals? No, nothing like personal goals. But I think you know the challenges in the NHS with the resources and all that. Uh-huh. Every day it's trying to improve the access for the patients so the waiting times can be reduced. More to create. I think what I've been trying to do is more to try to train the GPs or the talk to the GPs, get to engage them so that less referrals come through and more is managed in the community. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing. And then what fascinates me a lot is about the management of imbalance and vertigo. 
So uh-huh. I'm very interested in that. So trying to set up some sort of a balance center, which uh, with the resources I've still been struggling, but that's the goal. I will, over the next few years, I think somehow set that up. You know, what are the... What are the surgical kind of remedies for this? Do you have any surgical remedies or is it mainly rehab? And um... It's mainly rehab. Surgical, very little. Surgery for vertigo is very, very little. It uh-huh. plays a small part, but it's more to diagnose it properly. People then... don't even diagnose it properly. As soon as they see a dizzy patient, they try to shift it away. You know, so... Yeah. Uh, they, they try to shift it away. Uh, so that's why for me, if I see a dizzy patient like a kid I just get enthused you know like oh try to find out what's going on so I mean it's it's lifelong learning I just keep learning more and more every time then so um I'm sorry that was a text message from my I had to respond so otherwise I'll be call at all you need to respond you can pause no 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 that was that was my wife asking something so okay, <laughs> she's probably okay. outside um yeah so um, so a balance center and everything. Um, it'll be nice. I was just thinking, I, I'm just throwing it out there. Like, you know, a person like you uh, with so much expertise, um, and me, you know, putting putting up some kind of teaching material out there for uh, for other surgeons and ENT students in India yeah, on yeah, YouTube or so. something like that. Yeah. Uh, as a, you as know, a the information governance in UK is a bit, you know, so it, it yeah. is very, very strong. So anything about the case, if it's identifiable, we'll be in trouble. You know, that's the biggest factor. But well, not, I, yeah. I can still do other bits of teaching. Yeah, sure. Right. So that's uh, just, so. you know, just throwing it out there. So, yeah, no, absolutely. so when you look at your, when you look at your nightstand or your books, are there any kind of books that you have read recently or, or has made an impact on you? Yeah. So I think I'm not a big uh, reader. So whenever I travel, uh-huh. in flights in the airports and uh, when we are in cottages and things like that's when I read a lot. Uh-huh. So I think I not a I don't read fiction a lot. I think last fiction I've read is, you know, the John Green's uh, uh, what is that star uh, the movie that Dil Bechara has come out stars in our light something. It's all about sadness and happiness and how it all okay. changes. That all. you know Dil Bechara last Shushant Singh Rajput's movie has come out on based on that novel. So that was a brilliant okay. one which I read last. Uh-huh. And then otherwise I read lot of cricket books um, <laughs> you know if you're interested in cricket the it's a clr james's one i've read beyond boundaries uh-huh. which was based on it's a western very very old book probably 1950s book i think yeah so it's all based about colonialism cricket and he talks about techniques and it shows how much knowledge he had it's about the so it's not just cricket. it's not just about cricket it's also about no, the history of of the yeah. colonies and stuff the like that colonies really interesting caribbean. i need to check that out caribbean so yeah I need to those check and that. then i read autobiographies all these and so yeah. now i'm going to give you a question which yeah which may require a little bit of lateral thought um, so as you go through your life um, are there any kind of guiding principles that you have um, like for example something that um, that when you are actually faced with a situation, you you kind of fall back upon and say, okay, uh, this is something that I want to um, not do or do based on those principles. Yeah, I think uh, most of the time, my guiding principle has been you have to be upfront and honest as far as possible. Uh-huh. So even now I follow, I tell my colleagues every time, same thing, 
if I speak anything about that you've done this, this is not the right way or anything. It's a professional relationship. I try to tell them professional relationship will be different from our own personal relationship. Yeah. So try to be honest and upfront. And that's what I, I try to do is that's what I do. And we always, as doctors, we are patient advocates. And when it comes to management, when it comes to any other thing, I'll always think patient comes first. So I think we are lucky that we don't have to talk about money at all. You know about NHS, isn't it? Right. So that becomes a big guiding factor that you can argue with management. We can argue with anyone telling I'm a patient advocate. That's all. Patient comes first. You right. can't talk about money. You can't talk about anything else. So I, I don't know. So that, and I think that's, that's a phenomenal kind of uh, guiding principle being very upfront and then doing your work right. That is, you know, standing for the patients and not, yeah, not I, about, I think about that, yeah. And I think, I mean, I work in a system which is not like NHS, but it is still the same principles yeah. that yeah. actually give you better success, even if you are looking at the money, but not looking at the money. Um, yeah. Is as long as you're doing the right thing, you'll you'll yeah, find more success. Absolutely. On that high note, Ekambar, um, it's been fantastic to talk to you and reconnect with you um, yeah. on this excuse. Thanks. Uh, I'm sure it'll be uh, it'll be a no, great podcast yeah, yeah. Uh, for us, and we should catch up again. I was telling Aditya yeah, that absolutely. maybe in another five years we should actually have this again. Yeah, do it <laughs> and see how yeah. it goes. So yeah, you are doing a lovely job. Yeah.